right, let's talk to the God. Let's talk to God right now. God, we thank you so much. I pray that each one of us today would come to that place of understanding that we're loved by you. You've called us. You've brought us to yourself. And when we say yes to you, we become your children. We can be free, and you're for us. Help us to remember that right now. Whatever we're going through, whatever we're facing, that my God is for me. I am who he says I am. I am a child of God. Oh, I thank you for that. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, you can have a seat. That'd be wonderful. I want to welcome you today. Uh, to our time together that we get to share and just want to draw your attention right away. Just if you grab your program and you go ahead and pull this set of message notes out, that's going to be very helpful for you today. You can take notes and uh, this is just give you this so you can take it home. encourage you to take these with you and then God, you maybe you know, prod you during the week that you would go back and look at something that you wrote down that might be very helpful. As I always say, you can doodle. That's wonderful, too. Somebody, one of you drew a wonderful picture of me last week that the, you know, the recycling team gave me. <laughs> I was just a little offended, though. That I, I, I'm worried about my weight, but the weight you put on me was a little much, okay? I just want you to know. <laughs> oh, my. I tell you, you can do that all the time. It's great uh, that you would do that. It's wonderful. So here's what we're going to do. Also, if you'd open your Bible to Matthew 6, I'd love for you to be in your Bible today to Matthew 6. And that's where we're going to just jump in today, beginning with verse 25. And if you don't have a Bible, I'd like to give you one. So if you'll stop at these bookshelves right out here, there's some folks there, or not some folks, there's some Bibles there. You can just take one. It'd be our gift to you. You can take that as well. If you're watching online, I just want to encourage you that you would go ahead and fill out a connection card, and you'd also communicate with me and let me know your prayer request. That'd be wonderful. So I'm going to begin today with this question. I kind of let the cat out of the bag. We're talking about serenity, but here's what I want to ask. How many of you worry? Okay, just raise your hand. Oh my, look around the room. Anybody here wish you worried less? Raise your hand. Oh gosh, okay. The rest of you, I would just say, are just too worried about what we'll think about you if you raise your hand and say you worry <laughs> that you're willing to say a lie in church rather than tell the truth, okay? And you wouldn't raise your hand, okay? Okay, so as we begin today, I just want to ask this question, and I think today has the potential to help all of us uh, to set us free in some ways where... I would say that we struggle with worry, and then what happens to us when we worry is uh, we end up in a place uh, we're hurting ourselves, and we try to control things, and we actually may hurt others, and it definitely does gets in the way with our relationship with God. So I just want you to, I want to ask today, and I don't mean to bring up a lot of pain, but I want to ask, what is it that has you worried? And uh, for some of you, the list might be long, but what is it that has you worried? What is it that keeps you up at night? You know, you get into bed, and you, you were so tired, you couldn't wait to get there, and as soon as you lay down, there's that thing that pop in your head, and it kind of keeps you awake as you're laying there. Where does your mind go when you wake up in the morning? The first thing, you wake up, and like, where does that mind go? Does it go to the thing that you're worried about? What is it that pops into your mind when you wake up, and this will, you know, age me right away when I say this, what, when you, you wake up in the middle of the night, you have to go pee, right? And so you're like, okay, what do I do? What pops into your mind then? Where you're taking care of business that when you go back to bed you just can't get it out it's still there think about those things that keep you awake what is it keeps running in the back of your mind that you just can't seem to shake i just want to do a little bit of a list here is it your parents who are aging those of us who have parents who are in that aging process is maybe some of you have a 
child is a prodigal, I would call that, and so they're living outside of your value system, and you worry a lot about that. Uh, some of you might have a sick child, and so you're trying to figure out some solutions, and you worry about that. Is it your health uh, or the health of someone you love? Maybe it's your finances. You know, how are we going to make it to the end of the paycheck? And so, you know, to the end of the month with the paycheck that we got, you're worried about that. Maybe it's uh, your marriage. And so we talked two weeks ago about marriage. just want to encourage you, if you weren't here, that that'd be a great way to just kind of get rid of some worries just even by listening to that message. Maybe it's loneliness that has you worried and you just kind of wish that something would happen that would change. That could be a career path. For those of you, uh, I know our students are over there, but maybe some of your high school kids are in here. You're thinking about college in your college path or degree plan. I just want to say, what is it that worries you? Because when we want to think about worry, what we worry about is what we want to control. What we worry about is what we want to control. And so we look into the future and we realize we, we, we don't know the future, but we, we look at our resources and we realize I'm not going to be able to control this. And so we just ramp up and we worry and worry and worry because we don't think we control, control it. Those of us with worry issues say, well, you know, it just depends on which day you ask me how my worry's doing. It depends on which day you, you want to talk to me because what I worry about, because I've got lots of reasons to worry. I've always had something to worry about. So I just want to ask this. We think about this idea of worry today. How many of you ever been able to control the future? <laughs> we can't control the future. So what worry does, as I worry about the future and try to control it in my mind and my emotions, it actually robs me of my serenity and my peace today. Because I'm trying to think about how I can control something I actually can't. So as I begin today, I just want to confess to you, I am a worrier. And I, I really didn't realize how much that I worried until I, I, I did a kind of a personality study. And uh, in the personality study, there are several types. And, and then each type has its own way that it comes at life. And uh, I hated mine when I did this because number one thing it says about me is I'm fear-based and I'm a worrier. And, of course, they, they, they show you that so that you can move out of that into a healthier type. But I was like, okay, I am a worrier. And then as I started thinking about it, I said, I really am. I, I find myself worrying about everything. And everyone, I'm worried about right now what you're thinking of me as I'm talking. I'm like, I'm trying to read your head nods and your facial features. You know, what's going on right there? But what happens with us is that we realize we fear the future, so we try to control it by worrying. One author said it this way. I thought this was so insightful. Worry is concern about the potential, not the actual. The essence of worry is the desire to control that which we can't control, that's why we feel worry. We feel the need for control in an area where there is no possibility for control. Worry is attempting to control the uncontrollable. Now, I want to make a distinction today because I think this might help some of you uh, as we make a distinction today between worry and anxiety. So I just want to be clear about this as we talk about worry today. Anxiety is different from worry. Anxiety is more of an underlying feeling that you have that just won't go away, that you carry through life. Um, it's not necessarily based upon a feeling or facts or fear or something like that. Everything may be going, in your going great in your life, and you can still feel anxious. Uh, you may have, like I said, you may have nothing to worry about, but you go through each day with this low grade and maybe for some of you more of a high grade and sometimes disabling sense of anxiety. Anxiety can become a disorder, 
And so it can be caused by several things, genetics, it can be caused by uh, chemical uh, imbalances inside, it can be caused by PTSD. Uh, and so there's kind of a general description for those who uh, would live with anxiety, it would be general anxiety disorder. And so this would be someone who would say, I, I just can't get rid of this sense that, that, that of doom and uh, the anxiety that's running through me. And this is serious because statistics say that there's about 7 million people who suffer from anxiety, the kind I'm talking about, general anxiety disorder. And for those who struggle with anxiety, I just want to take a pastoral moment here and just let you know that um, God cares about you. I just want you to know that you're not alone. I want you to know I care about you, and so I'm bringing this up right now as part of our talk because... I don't want you to be sitting there thinking I'm telling you to do something that you've tried and didn't work uh, because the issue for you is bigger than anxiety. Uh, it's bigger than worry. It's the anxiety that you carry. And so I just want you to know I'm on your side and want to encourage you, especially if you never talk to somebody about this anxiety, that you talk with someone about what you're feeling and what's going on. And I'm not here to tell you today, you just need to hear me now, that if you had more faith or you had more self-determination or you had more self-control that you would be able to overcome your anxiety problem because I'm sure you've tried all of that. You've tried faith. You've tried self-will. You've tried positive thinking. And if it would have helped you, it would have. And so I just want to just encourage you today just to let God speak to you. And maybe even just by hearing what we're talking about, even what I talked about there would be you know, helpful for you today. But today what I want to do is I want to focus on worry and it's the kind of worry I just set up for us just a minute ago. And what I want to do is I want to talk about how to turn worry into serenity. Uh, and Jesus, when he gave his famous Sermon on the Mount, and as he was speaking to the people, he, he just took this section. I, I think it's so rich that he took this section. He just talked about money, which is one of the things that we worry about most. And he just takes this time now, time, kind of a time out in a sermon, and I think to do what I just did, a pastoral moment. Uh, with the people who were there that day, and he talks about worry. He's been talking about what it's like to live in the kingdom of God, and uh, that's where you know the, the, the reality in which God reigns, and uh, as we know that Jesus came and he brought the kingdom to earth, and so um, this is the, the place, this is the kingdom where God's reign reigns, his rule reigns. And at the end of his sermon, he talks about worry, and he says this in verse 25. This will be the next verse in your notes, or if you have your Bible, verse 25. He says, that is why I tell you not to worry. Now, some of your translations would say really clearly, he says, do not worry. So I tell you not to worry. He says, do not worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Now, and you know, at one point we would say, well, yeah, sure, duh, Jesus, that's true. And yet, if I would just ask most of you what your list included about the things you worry about, it would be, Food, body, clothing is one of the issues that we go through and we think about what we worry. Jesus basically says, don't worry. And so what we're going to see as we go through these verses, and then we're going to take a detour right in the middle of the message and go over to Philippians chapter 4. We're going to take there for just a minute, is that there's only one way to overcome worry. Only one way to overcome worry, and that way is to trust God. Not to trust God. Not myself. Not my, you know, the people around me. I have to simply trust God. And so worry at its core, and you got to know that for me, a worrier, and just even to say this is indicting, uh, that especially as a pastor, 
as that worry at its core is really a lack of trust in God. I said, at its core, it's a lack of trust of God. Because what we do is we, in our worried state, we don't believe what we just sing about, how much God loves us, how much God is for us, and how much God cares for us. Because we're looking into the future and we're not sure if he's going to be there. So worry is when I don't believe that God is in control. That sounds pretty crazy, doesn't it? And then I have to solve my own problems. So worry is when I'm really, basically, I'm becoming my own God. Because I don't believe the real God really has my best interest in his mind and heart. So if I I want to get rid of worry, I must trust God that he's working in my life for good and his glory. For my good and his glory, he's working. So I'm going to make four observations through these verses as Jesus is talking here that just kind of help us to see how we can work through worry, how we can turn our worry into serenity. And the first one is, they're all about trust. If it's all about trusting God to get rid of worry, the first one is trust that God sees you. We live in a world where people feel they're invisible, where people feel that they don't matter. And then when we, you know, push that out to God. We, we look at our circumstances and maybe they haven't changed or maybe we've been there for some time and maybe they're very deep and they're very intense, the situation that we're in. And we just wonder, where is God? Does God actually see me? And so what we have to do is we have to change our thinking here and we have to trust what Jesus says that God does see us. And this is what he says in verse 26 through 27. He says, look at the birds. So look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? So there's some truth there for you, that you're more valuable than birds. So there you go. So you got an answer there to how God sees you. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? I'll come back to that phrase in just a little bit. So he's saying, look at the birds. And, you know, right now, this time of year... Uh, that the birds, they kick in about 5.20 a.m. You guys know that? Anybody who has your windows open, uh, there's this wake-up call about 5.20 a.m., and they just go berserk. And lately, what's been happening with me is that I've been coming out, and there's a bird that just has it out for me. And so I come out to my car, and there's just big white globs of bird poop all over my car and my windows and my windshield. I'm going, oh, my word. But he's just, it has nothing to do with the talk, Okay. Uh, except I worry every day, is it going to be there? <laughs> oh, my. So anyway, he says, look at the birds. Jesus says, God sees the need of every bird on earth. He sees their circumstances, and he feeds them. Now, just want to ask, does that mean that a bird doesn't have any responsibility? The bird is just going to, you know, like you see pictures of baby birds, and they're in their nest, and they're all <laughs> like that. Is that that's how God wants us to live life, just, you know, with our mouths wide open. No, birds have to actually go out, and they have to do work in order to get food. So they have to do that. But the idea is is that God sees them, and he provides for them. And we get encouragement from these verses uh, because birds, I don't believe, you know, birds have a big enough brain to ever stop to think about where their next meal is coming from. You know, that they wake up, oh my gosh, where am I going to get food today? I didn't find food yesterday. Where are we going to get food today? I don't think they wake up like that. I think they wake up hungry and go. That's just nature. So they wake up hungry and go. And so that's what they do. And he says, your heavenly father sees you and he's aware of your needs. So trust him. 
And then he asked the question, and I, I call this question worry kryptonite, okay? Worry kryptonite. And he says this, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Anybody want to walk across the stage and tell me how your worry has added a single moment to your life? No. Instead, it's robbed you of life. Uh, there's so much written today about uh, the, I, I skipped the verse from Proverbs. It talks about worry weighs a heart down, and there's so much uh, written today about worry and how it affects us physically, emotionally, relationally, mentally, uh, and, uh, and spiritually. And so uh, this whole thing about when we get caught up in worry, we're actually robbing ourselves of life when you know a worrier thinks they're actually saving life. They're actually doing something to help life work better. And he says, no, that doesn't work. Worry doesn't add to life. It robs us of life. He's saying worry doesn't work. And what he's doing here is he's reminding us, and this is a reminder for me, is that God is in control and I'm not. God is in control and I'm not. And some of you just need to hear this today. There is a God and you're not him. You're not God. We need to hear that. We need to trust that God sees us and that God is aware of our needs. So the first thing is God sees us. Second is this, trust that God knows you. He knows you. So he doesn't just see me. He's not a God of a distance who never gets involved with me, but he actually knows, he personally knows me, personally knows the circumstances that I'm going through. And this, Jesus goes on and says this. He says, why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully about wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, you guys know that's true, right? You get flowers, they look pretty, you put them on your table, they look ugly, you throw them away right? And if you have a way, you burn them. You just, that's the way flowers are. And so they have a short life, they have a short lifespan, and yet God cares for them. And he will certainly care for you in the same way. It says, and he says, why do you have so little faith? I'm going to pause there. Why do you have so little faith? And, and I'll, never, for, you know, I'll never forget this. A couple of years ago, I was listening to a, a pastor talk about this word, little faith here. And he made a phrase about people who worry, and he says, people who worry are little faithers. That's what they're, they're little faithers, okay? That's how they go through life, with very little faith. We worry because, our, honestly, our faith is just too small. We worry because we're not sure if we can trust God. And he goes on to say this, so don't worry about these things, saying what will we eat, what will we drink, what will we wear. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, and, but your heavenly Father already, here is the word, knows, underline that, knows all your needs. So he knows you. And he knows your needs. So I think that what, you know, that Jesus makes it more real when he talks about flowers here, as I alluded to, is that some of you may think, well, Ron, you're a little harsh there on the birds. Um, I think they really can feel, and I think that they might feel worry about not having a meal. So you're a little bit harsh about that. But so if that's you, you think the birds can feel, just take it to another level. And let's talk about then the flowers I just talked about. They, they only exist for a moment. They don't care how they look. They don't, care, they don't have feelings at all. And, but God clothes them in a way that's more beautiful than even Solomon was, who was the richest man on earth in his glory as he was just, you know, decked out to the tenth, the nines, with all he was wearing. So more than that. And the reason this gives us courage, you and me courage in the face of the unknown, is that God promises that he knows us. 
He promises that he knows you and he will care for you just like he cares for the birds and the flowers, only you are his child. You see the difference here? How much more he cares for you because his child, he sees us and knows our needs. So third, third thing, the third thing in this whole you know, observation that we want to walk through here, the third one is that trust that God hears you, that he hears you. Trust that God hears you. So now Jesus is going to give us the antidote to worry today. And, uh, you know, he, he began with don't worry, but he didn't leave us with just don't worry. Up until now, he's just said don't worry. And then he used the birds of the air and he used the flowers of the field as object lessons to show us the futility and the absurdity of our worries. And now he says, here's what I want you to do instead of worrying. And Jesus says, don't worry, be happy. That's not what he says. That's not what he says. But he does give us a reset. He does give us a reset. He doesn't, he's not saying, hey, you, just stop the worrying, would you? It's not what he's saying at all. See, it's not so simple as just flipping a switch to say, oh, I'm worrying. Keek. Turned off the switch. It's not that simple in any way. He's saying, I'm going to give you something to do that's easier and actually doable. Easier and doable. And this is what he says in verse 33. Seek, underline, circle that. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, above everything else, and live righteously. By the way, above all else, that ties us in with our series. We're talking about love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbors as you love yourself. So he's talking about love God with everything you have. So that's what we do. Seek that kingdom and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. That word seek is it's, it's talking about a passionate pursuit it's actually used to talk about a hunter uh, who pursues the game or birds uh, with uh, you know, stealth and camouflage and you know, gets up early in the morning, makes sure to be in the right place, studies the patterns of the birds. And if you're a caller, calls them in. Or if you're hunting for big game, you know where they are. But that's the kind of seeking it's talking about here. I'm seeking with intent to have, to actually gain. So seek God. Seek God and find him. Come to God because you trust that he hears you. And, and this is the other way from worry, okay? So in worry, I'm, I'm actually not trusting God that he hears me. Uh, and so what I do is I sit in my worry and I stew in my worry. Worry is stewing without doing. I sit there and stew in that place. And instead, I can move to a place of serenity when I choose the other way from worry, and that is to seek God. So it would basically say this, don't worry, seek God. Don't worry, seek God. Now, something we can do instead of worrying, and we can seek him, and that's the reset moment for us today. When I'm worrying right now, I'm going to reset, and I'm going to say, I'm worrying, and now I'm going to, I was doing it right before I came up here this morning, reset, I'm going to seek God right now. And what I want to do is I want to walk us through uh, the way we would do that. We're going to take this detour over Philippians 4 for just a second. And we're going to talk about this idea of how do I seek God? See, sometimes we don't experience peace or serenity because we literally stay stuck in our worry because we've not chosen the other way. I would say the better way. We've not chosen the pathway to serenity. But Paul gives us this in Philippians 4. He says this. Don't worry about, underline, anything, so anything, that leaves nothing out. Instead, pray about everything, that's everything, includes all that there is. 
tell God what you need and thank him for what he has done. And so in this, we have the pathway to serenity. Call it that way, the pathway to serenity. Worry about nothing, pray about everything. Worry about nothing, pray about everything. And so when I get to this place where I'm worrying, then I want to be able to now kick in. So I'm not kicking worry off, I'm kicking prayer on. So that's what I'm doing. I'm kicking worry off. I'm actually changing my focus, changing my mindset, and I'm moving over here to actually talk to God about everything because I trust that God hears me. So I, I have to trust that he hears me if this isn't going to work. Trust that he hears me. Instead of worrying, I talk to him and I ask him for what I need. So basically when I talk to God here, I'm inviting him in. Say, God, I want you to come in. I want you to help me because you do know the future. You are in charge of the future. I'm not. I want to help you, but I'm going to give you my worries. I'm going to give you my concerns. I'm going to ask you to work out my future. I'm going to give it to you, and I'm going to trust you. I'm going to invite the one who does know the future, the one who does have all control, to do this. So I trust he sees me. I trust he knows me, and I trust he hears me, and so now I'm going to talk to him. And so, you know, Paul talks there about pray to God. So I come to him and uh, I cry out to him. I, I love just, if you want some help with this, just read the Psalms. You know, you read the psalmist and they, uh, Psalm 13 would be one uh, specifically where it's a lament, crying out in pain to God, crying out in pain to God, crying out in pain to God. And then this understanding, wow, God's in control and I can relax and I can trust him. And then it involves gratitude. You know, gratitude is one of the pathway out of worry as well, is that when I start thanking God for all he's done, thanking him for all he's done, all he's done, all he's done, and I've got this thing over here I'm worried about, and I think he's not going to take care of me, I thank him for all he's done, helps me to realize he's going to take care of me in this one as well. So what if we actually did this? What would it be like if we actually did this? What if every time we're tempted to worry, we stopped and drop to our knees. I don't think you have to do this literally, but figuratively drop to our knees and talk to God. What if every time we worried, we, stuck, we just took time out and we said, God, I want to thank you for all you've done. I want to thank you for your faithfulness. I want to thank you for how I already know you're working this out so I can let go and I can trust you with this. Do you think anything would change if we chose to approach it in a different way? What do you think would happen? I think what would happen is that when Jesus says, oh, you of little faith, when he says, when you worry, you're a little faither, that I believe that what would happen is we'd become great big honking faithers. That's what I believe would happen. We would be changed. And if Jesus says, if, if, if worry accomplishes nothing, but prayer accomplishes everything much, then prayer is our arsenal against worry. So I'm going to read this verse to you. Those of you who are following me on my uh, Facebook post know that we're reading through Proverbs this month. Uh, as part of the 4-8 Mind Challenge, I just thought I'd add more into it. And so we're doing the Proverbs, and so June, it's June 3rd, so we read Proverbs 3. And so this was the verse that I mean, some of us might have read today. If you haven't done that, if you did it, but if you haven't done it, you will. Here's what it says. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. By the way, that's the pathway to serenity. Trust the Lord with all your heart. It's the pathway to serenity, which leads to peace. Do not depend on your own understanding. That's the pathway to what? Worry. That's the pathway to Worry. Seek his will in all you do. So that's the key phrase there again is seek. I'm seeking him in all I do, and he will show me which path to take. So when I'm worried, I'm seeking God. He's going to say, you know what? You can seek the path of worry or you can seek the path of prayer. And so I'm going to flip the switch, have a reset, and I'm going to take that. Okay, last idea is this. Last observation. 
Trust, with all this knowledge now, trust that God cares for you. Trust that he cares for you. And that's what I believe Matt Jesus brings the, down to in verse 34. And he says, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Now, we worry about the trouble that's coming tomorrow. And honestly, I got a lot to think about today. I have a lot going on around me today. And if I'm spending all my time about tomorrow and, and angst about that, I don't have time to even take action on the things that I need to work on today. See, and also the troubles that, have, you guys think this to be true, the troubles you project into the future that you solve in your mind, you think, solve the scenarios, you solve through your mind, you, you project them out in the future, most of it never happens. Most of it never happens. And you're like, I wasted all this time. But I know all the solutions for something that'll never happen as I go through that. So don't do that. Jesus, remember what Jesus, we talked about last week, we talked about grief. Jesus said this, he says, in this world, you will have troubles. So we know that's what tomorrow is. There are going to be troubles in tomorrow. And he says, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. And so right now, at this place, we're saying, God, I'm going to trust you with the troubles that are coming tomorrow. I'm not going to spend my time worrying about those. I'm going to learn to be present here in the moment. And in the moment, I'm going to be thankful to you. And that actually might lead me into worship and praising you for who you are. And I realize at that moment that he, actually, he does care for me. And I realize I'm not alone. I can trust that he sees me and, I, and he knows me and he hears me. And the result of all this is that it leads me to serenity. I can, we can live with serenity. We can live with shalom. Remember, shalom is nothing broken, nothing missing, everything as it ought to be. And I can live in that state even though tomorrow will be full of problems because I've learned to trust him and that he's going to care for me and he's going to watch over me. I will know a reality where nothing is broken and nothing is missing because I trust God that he's going to take care of me no matter if I do face troubles tomorrow. And then Paul ends with this whole idea of serenity when he says this in verse 7. Then, as I seek him, I pray to him, I thank him, then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Would you underline the phrase, his peace, his peace. The peace of God will guard your hearts. The peace of God. Can you imagine how much peace God has? His peace will guard my heart. And I don't know about you, but I want to experience more and more that as my reality. Instead of being consumed with worry, the problem is worry, the pathway is to seek, and the promise is serenity. Problem worry, pathway seek, promise that I will have serenity. So we're going to let our circumstances rule our heart and our feelings and our actions, which is the pathway to worry, or am I going to trust God and his love that he's shown me, and am I going to trust him? So John Ortberg was uh, one of the books he has written. Uh, it could have been a talk I was listening to one time, but I took a phrase from it. And uh, he was talking uh, about some struggles he was having, and uh, he uh, was a personal friend of Dallas Willard, and so he called Dallas Willard up and talked about the problems he was facing. And Dallas Willard, uh, at the end of the conversation, he says, wow, this is going to be big. This is really going to be big. And then he gave this quote I want to put on the screen here for you. He said this. He says, this will be a test of your joyful confidence in God. This will be a test of your joyful confidence in God. So the things we face, the things we worry about are tests of our trust in God, our joyful confidence in him. 
And that, that just led me today to be thinking about the idea that, I, you know, the serenity prayer, if we're going to talk about serenity, the serenity prayer is so powerful. This is used by AA, a short version. Most AA groups, a shorter version. I think our Celebrate Recovery uses this longer version we're going to read here. But we're going to look at the serenity prayer, and I'm just going to ask if you would, uh, if you'd be willing. I'm going to put it on the screens to make it easier for you, but also it's on your notes, so you can actually take it or you want to read it from this. I'm just going to have all of us, if you would do this with me, let's read this out loud together, the serenity prayer. So it says this, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardships as the pathway to peace, taking as he did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that he will make all things right if I surrender to his will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with him forever in the next. Isn't that powerful? That's so powerful. On your notes, I want you to underline two words. I want you to underline the word accepting, and I want you to underline the word surrender. Accepting and surrender. Open-handed, I accept the things that God allows into my life as part of his plan for me. I surrender to his will, even though it's hard, even though it may be difficult. I surrender to his will. Because I trust that he sees me, that he knows me, that he hears me, and that he cares for me. Would you bow your heads and let's pray together? God, I just thank you so much for the opportunity we've had to hear from you. Uh, wow, I was so encouraged by this this week as I studied and uh, just realized how far I've come and I think some people in the room would be saying the same thing, that they've really come a long ways in their issues with worry. Others would be saying, wow, I'm right in the middle of this. Or others are saying, I just became aware today that I worry. And that, Lord, for all of us, we'd be able to say that we want to just declare to you today by faith. We want to be big faithers, great big faithers. And we want to say today to you that we know you see us. We know that you know us. We know that you hear us as even now as we talk, everyone in the room, you hear us all, all at once as we call out to you. We know you care for us. I just want to give you a moment right now that if you would just, you just want to call out to God, seek him right now. You want to talk to him about the things that worry you, just right now, just talk. God, we thank you for your faithfulness. You're always faithful. You're so present. I thank you for how you guide us and how you lead us. We want to tell you today, we're not going to lean on our own understanding, but we're going to lean into you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.